And so every year at our church, usually late January, early February, we have a day where the lay people of our church share. I think this is the first time I can ever remember it being on Valentine's Day. And so we have several couples that are going to share. But this morning we're going to hear in this service from Rodney Lobinger and Joe and Shelley Dale. We appreciate them. And so I, w- I just want to pray. Rodney, you can start up here if you want. And then when Rodney's done, you guys can just jump up. Appreciate you being here. At the end of the service today, we're going to hear just briefly, I, I hope briefly, from Bob Caldwell. And so anyway, Bob's here today, and so I ask him, I ask him to close today and just kind of just share a few minutes. And so I know you guys will be glad to see him and those who are watching by way of live stream as well. So it really is a blessing uh, to see Bob. So Rodney, go ahead and come on up. I want to pray, and then I'm going to turn things over uh, to Rodney here, and then Joe and Shelley will come up. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the privilege of being here. I do ask your protection for those who are traveling, God. Put angels of protection around us. And we just want to, as we continue to worship, we just want to just celebrate, God, what you're doing in each of our lives. I thank you for Rodney, Joe, and Shelley, and their willingness just to share. And Lord, we just welcome your spirit to continue to be here and just to flow through them. So thank you for your goodness. And again, we just pray your blessings upon those sharing today. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Happy, happy Valentine's Day. Like he said, I'm Rodney Lobinger. Uh, More of you probably know my dad, Audie Lobinger. I'd like to start with a prayer. I believe this prayer is the essence of my time here today. It's not so much how I live, but what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ, and how that allows us to come before God as Jesus would. We thank you, God, for your divine holy presence here today. Thank you, Father, for loving, giving us your loving, living, holy word that says in Romans 5, 5, the love and compassion of God has poured forth into the listener's heart by the Holy Spirit who has been given to them. God, guide us even now in your will for our lives, and we praise you for this. I praise you, God, for your so great a love poured out on us. I make a deeper commitment to walk in your perfect kind of love. I praise you, God, that our hopes are lifted up under all circumstances and that your perfect love casts out fear. Thank you, God, for helping us endure everything without weakening. Because of your love never fails. We know that whatever happens to us, you will work it out for good. We thank you, Father, for the miracles that happen in our lives. We are extremely grateful for everything. We thank you, God, for being with us every moment of every day and that nothing can separate us from your great love. Divine Holy Spirit, heal the broken hearts here today. Heal the hurting person going through troubling things. Allow them to smile through the tears and joy fill their hearts. I praise you, Jehovah God, for laying your healing hands on our hearts 
our souls and bodies, and healing them as only you can. You're a great rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Teach us again that to give love is the greatest way to receive love. And in giving joy, we receive even more joy. I praise you, God, for your love for us is greater than we can even imagine. Father God, give us a fresh new love for everyone. Thank you, Father, for the strength to live better in you and grow every day in your goodness, that we may be more like Christ, who sent us, who loved us so much he gave his own righteous life for ours. Thank you, Father, for this great peace and joy you so abundantly give us. I praise you, Jehovah God, for the strength to forgive and love those who have wronged me, which heals me within. I praise you, God, for your unconditional love and all the glory and honor to you, most holy God, in Jesus' name. Okay, I think I got about 30 seconds left. <laughs> I was saved. Uh, I didn't write a long prayer to take up time. I, I love to pray now, and uh, I realized I had not because I asked not, so I'm getting better at asking. I was saved around eight years old. We were living in Fenton, Missouri at the time, going to the Baptist church there. I really liked the pastor. He was getting ready to leave, so I went forward. I was, it was just the thing I needed to do what I wanted to do. So I went forward, accepted Christ so I could get baptized by him. And pretty much a normal childhood. I had good parents. And if the church doors were open, we were there. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, dad with visitation and deacons meeting. When I was in first grade or second, we moved to Eureka and not long after that, we started going to Central Baptist Church in Eureka, I think because it was just shorter, closer distance. We liked that church too. In high school, I started hanging out with the wrong kids, or maybe the kids hang out with the wrong me. I'm not sure how it go, that goes. I, I started straying away from the faith and was drinking and smoking and getting into trouble. I was getting tickets and having car accidents. I didn't like the lifestyle. It was hard to break free of. I was kind of miserable and praying to God for help. And he began to change and I stopped drinking and at age 21 and took several years more to stop smoking. That's a tough one to kick. I rededicated my life to God and was fully involved in church, was teaching a boys class on Wednesday night called RAs. Always wanted to do mission work, so went on a mission trip to Haiti with uh, Charles Chapman for two weeks. We worked on a church one day out in the country and then on the way to a little village. We spent the night at a hotel before going to the village. I slept in my own sleeping bag. 
in the hotel on the floor. It was pretty crowded. In the morning, I was bit all over, bit up all over. Was asking around and found out the place had bed bugs real bad. I always thought that was some kind of somebody, something funny somebody had made up. It wasn't funny that, that day. Our main purpose on the trip was to build an orphanage for the kids. We spent most of the time doing that. We worked alongside young men from the village that became, we became close to. It was hard leaving them there in that poor village. The food was uh, very different. It took days for our bodies to get used to and uh, was queasy for a while. On the way back home, we stopped the last night in the city of Haiti, capital city, Port-au-Prince. We went to a nice restaurant for dinner. We were all excited for some, what we thought was normal food. A lot of us ordered one dish someone said it would be good. Somebody asked what kind of meat it was, and someone answered, it's goat. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone, everyone would have ordered it had they known that ahead of time. But I didn't see anybody not eating it. <laughs> After two weeks in the village food, it tasted good. It surprised me. I thought it was beef. I really enjoyed the trip and felt I had helped the people make their lives a little better and wanted to do more. Wasn't long after that I got married to a nice girl from Central Baptist Church. Her family had been going there for some time. So we married and got busy with life, got an apartment and furniture and everything, and didn't seem to have uh, time for missionary work. Uh, and later we bought a trailer. My wife loved kids more than anything, so it was on the top of her list. But it didn't happen. We weren't able to have kids. So that was hard for her, seeing her friends have kids so easily. But we prayed and waited, and it took about five years before she got pregnant. So we were really excited. Had a boy, then two years later had another boy. And about two years after that, had a girl. And that was enough for us. I had thought I'd wanted more, but three was good. So life was going pretty good for us. She was very happy to have the kids. I got very busy with work and picked up side work along with a full-time job so she could stay home. I felt it would be best for the kids if... They had a parent there all the time. I poured my energy into my work and was very, I had very little time for the family. We didn't have money problems, but that's not enough. I was working three jobs, getting my fulfillment from my work. As long as I was working, I was happy, but that is not true success. So we began to grow apart the boys started getting into some trouble late in high school. We realized they were uh, involved with cannabis and started talking to them. Uh, you know, they had excuses like it's going to be legal soon, and I told them, well, it's not now. And so they told us they were going to not do that anymore, and we could see a change, but it, it wasn't long that 
we figured they were back involved with that. Then my wife filed for divorce in 2014. I had never cheated on her or had anyone in my life, but I wasn't making her happy. It's what she is what she said. And if your mate wants a divorce, uh, I found out you can't stop it. I offered to do counseling in our marriage retreat, whatever I could, but she was done, so she just wanted divorce. So I cried for days. It was difficult for me. The first year was really hard. I couldn't. I could see there was a pro- I could see there was a problem before she didn't want to do anything with me or go anywhere and wouldn't go to church with me. The only place we went together was family functions. I tried to be a much better person, but it wasn't enough. One of her biggest complaints was I didn't do enough work on the house. I was about eight or months, eight or nine months away from retirement uh, from my full-time job. I told her I would fix everything and I'd build her a new house, do whatever she wanted. We could travel, but nothing was working. Apparently, uh, they reach a point where there's no coming back. The divorce took four and a half years to get the marriage resolved. That was in September 2018. The financials are still going on today, seven years and counting. The boys got into some serious trouble because of their involvement, involvement with cannabis. They got multiple years in jail. It's been a real eye-opener for them. Unfortunately, this is what it took to turn them around. One got out last month and the other one gets out next month. So glad to get reunited with them and, and see them start a new life. Sorry. The years during the divorce was very lonely. I was going to Villa Ridge with my dad because my mom had passed away in 2013. So I got to see him and and I uh, went back to Central. I got to see my old friends there. And I was even going to the crossing in Chesterfield to fill some, to be more around people. was really growing closer to God during this time, and God was there for me. God is so good. I believe the man is fully responsible for the marriage, and I take full responsibility for the divorce. I failed my wife by not being there more for her and not spending more time with the family. My eyes are too watered to see the writing. I did work that 
what, what I did was work then, that's not enough. Now I want to get back into the goodness of God because he is always good to me. And even through the hard times, I am grateful. I have a lot to be grateful for. Now I lost practically everything. My marriage is gone. My family's broken up. Starting over with that. Everything was paid off, and, uh, it's, but it's not important now. My boys were in trouble, and uh, it has been the worst part of my life. But the closeness to God was at its best now. It's hard to understand being so low in life, how I could have such joy inside myself. I could, I was, I could be so happy after losing everything, but it's because God is good to us. We have to keep our eyes on him and not our troubles. He is the God of love, and all love begins with him. Since retirement, I've been able to do a few more mission trips and planning many more and to tell the people how good God is and how he blesses his people. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone, again. Uh, as Roger said, we're Joe and Shelley Dale. Um, the theme was kind of, uh, as couples for Valentine's mm -hmm. Day, how God is working in our lives and what he's done. So we thought we'd try to cover 39 years of marriage. We won't hit them all because there's been many God moments in there, but we're going to give you some of the highlights, some of the lowlights. Uh, but anyway, uh, just a quick thing about us. I was raised in Florissant, Missouri, not far from Rogers Turf, about the same time and attended Florissant Valley Baptist Church. And uh, I came to Christ then, about eight or nine years old. I attended with my mother, my dad didn't go. Uh, she was really the rock of my foundation. Uh, and uh, went to high school at McClure North and then ended up going to Nebraska to college and graduated in 1979 in a degree uh, in architecture. And uh, first job I got out of school was working for a uh, general contracting company in Highland, Illinois, called Ralph Cordy Construction. And that's where I met Shelley. And that's where I'm from, um, actually a small town outside of Highland. And I grew up on a farm. Um, uh, I think our, our town had like 200 people in it. But farm life was great. I enjoyed it. I was one of six. I was on the older end. Um, and I grew up in church, but I wasn't a Christian. We always went to Sunday school and we did our thing, but um, I wasn't a Christian at that time. Um, when I graduated, I went to a business school and came home, and I went to work at Ralph Cordy Construction there, where that's where I met Joe. So it, it wouldn't take too long, and we had decided to get married. I thought it would be important, since we both worked there, to tell Ralph Cordy that you know, two of his employees were going to get married. And Ralph, I went to his office. He said, Joe, he said, that's great news. I got some good news for you. We normally give a $25 check to every employee that gets married. You get two of them. You know? But he said, I've also got a little bad news for you. We don't allow spouses to work here, so one of you are going to have to quit. I stayed. <laughs> 
try to quit. <laughs> but our courtship was kind of unusual. We had a very, very short courtship. Um, uh, my fr our first date was Joe took me to a Cardinals game in September. But um, other than that, he would come to my house and play his guitar and sing to me, and I would cook dinner. And so that, that was our courtship. But our first date was September 27th, or September 23rd, 1981, and we were married January 29th, 1982. So that was four months. So um, we, he was a gift to me, and it was love at first sight, and we decided to get married pretty early. And of course, he had to do the uh, dirty work of asking my dad for my hand in marriage, <laughs> which um, evidently was very easy, and we had a huge wedding. My mom put on a wedding of 400 people in a small town. You know, everybody had to come. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful, beautiful wedding. Mm -hmm. And uh, she did that in two months. That was, was wonderful. So we got married January 20, or 29th, uh, 1982. And I, many of you will remember what happened on January 30th, 1982. We probably had one of the worst snowstorms in the last 60 years. Yeah. 20 to 24 inches of snow. And we didn't really have any honeymoon plans because of the time of year. But obviously God had some plans for us because the next night we got home and that and the snow started to fall and it was so heavy, work was shut down. We were basically locked into our apartment for the better part of a week because of that snowstorm before we could ever get out. Uh, but we've, we've lived in various places in uh, St. Charles and in, in uh, uh, South County for a long time and we moved out to Villa Ridge uh, about 15 years ago and we've been members here about seven or eight years at the Ridge Church. So we have two children. We have a daughter, Aubrey. She's married to Travis, and they've been married about 12 years. And uh, son, Matthew, is married to Gina, about two years. And we have two beautiful grandbabies, a little girl, Georgia, four, and a little boy, Leo, who's 15 months. Just the apples of our eyes. Yeah. And so when we started to put this together for that, we, we tried to look for a biblical script, scripture that would kind of summarize our, our marriage and we landed at Genesis 2:24 that a man shall leave his mother and father and be united with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And that theme of, of the two becoming one really ended up being the basis and the foundation of our marriage throughout. So we were married, and um, we wanted to have children right away, um, but that was, uh, was not uh, God's plan. It was definitely my plan, but me not, not being a, a Christian, you know, we, we tried for five years. We didn't, we didn't have our first one in, until five years later. And I fell in that 10% category of they have no idea why a woman get, doesn't get pregnant. And so those were very, very tough years. And um, I really had to lean on, lean on my husband um, uh, because I, not being a Christian, felt that God was punishing me. You know, I had rebel ten teenage years, and I felt this was, was my punishment. And, uh, um, you know, I know now that that's not, but that's how it felt then. When this kind of made us look back over our lives, and that when we look at that period of time, you know, we had a very, very short courtship, and maybe that was the time God was telling, you know what, before you get ready to bring kids into this world, Maybe you ought to know about you each other a little bit more. Maybe you ought to really learn how to emotionally support each other mm -hmm. during a, a challenging and difficult time. And then after the five years when 
you know, she was present, uh, pregnant with the child, with Aubrey, you know, that, those are times where there's really a, a recognizable presence of God mm -hmm. in your lives that know, okay, we've got one on the way that's coming soon. So Aubrey came five years later, and um, I always cry at this moment. And she cried during the run-throughs, too. <laughs> I, I just want everybody to know that when we were practicing. I did, but, um, but anyway, she was such a gift. I felt so blessed. Even though I wasn't a Christian, I felt so blessed to be a mother, to have this child. And, you know, I thought that he was the one I loved so much. But then having that baby in my arms, I didn't know love could get that deeper. It was just a beautiful, beautiful thing for mm -hmm. Joe and I. Mm -hmm. um, and then three years later, we, we had a son. Um, another, another beautiful, beautiful moment. But, you know, God did solidify us as, as parents, and we were not only dedicated to each other at that time, but we were dedicated to our children, and we were dedicated to work as one. Yeah, yeah the, the two and one really, really developed when we had the two kids. Uh, you know, we were blessed. I, uh, we had the ability to have one breadwinner, which was me, and Shelly was able to stay at home, be a stay-at-home mom. But I got this wild notion when Aubrey was two and was 32, I had a, I had a client that allowed me to start look, look at starting my own business, to be in my, uh, have my own architectural firm. And looking back, I don't want to look back and maybe not do it and regret it, so we took the plunge. So not only at this time was, you know, Shelly, you know, staying home raising the kids, she also immediately became the administrator and the financial officer of the uh, company that, that we had started. Um, and we were, you know, we'd always been in church, you know, uh, during this time. But as our kids were little, God laid upon our heart this opportunity for some reason to go back and start going to church with my mom. Way back, we lived in South County, but uh, she was still a member at, at Florissant Valley Baptist. And so every Sunday morning, we, we got up, took the kids up, and... Uh, and there we went off to church, and they got to spend that time and that afternoon with my mom. And it was really, really some, some just great times. Yep. This was where I would say that our family really grew spiritually. Um, I was a little Awana worker. I taught the five-year-old Sunday school. I was in VBS and having an architect as uh, a husband. Our scenery for VBS was amazing. <laughs> we just had out of refrigerator boxes. We had this great, great scenery all the time. But this was a time, since I wasn't a Christian, this was a time that I actually got to start learning the Bible with my children. So I was in baby steps. I was learning everything with my children children and it was a wonderful time and it was where I came to Christ found the love of Jesus and I was in my 30s and um, Aubrey my daughter came to Christ there and uh, so did Matthew who was very young at the time and he came to Christ so this was wonderful wonderful blessed years that uh, we had there it was and and this happened we 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 kept, went, continued through the years until my mom developed non-Hodgkin's lymphoma mm -hmm. and the treatments and that just you know really she was in her 70s at the time so after that uh, she was put in a nursing home and then passed away uh, a few years later but we'll never forget that time that we spent with God her because it. it was really just some of the most godliest moments we had uh, but again going back and you know being blessed in that uh, it certainly is great but you know running a business certainly has some challenges 
It does. It has a lot of challenges. So even though we were we were having this wonderful time, we did have challenges. But they, looking back, they didn't seem like big challenges. Joe and I reflecting back, there was just so much joy at this time. Yeah, they, the they, they seem greater at the time, but like anybody who's had their own business, you know, you deal with that, you know, collecting money, chasing down clients that haven't paid you in about 90 days, you know, the, you know paying our bills, you know, telling people we owed money, could you wait a little bit more? You know, there were times we were just living paycheck to paycheck or waiting for a, a, an invoice to be paid so we write a paycheck. You know, we had stacks of checks ready to go, but waiting on a check to send them out. Um, you know, we, we sent checks out on, on one coming in that bounced. And so it, we had the, just the run of the mill of all of these things that, you know, part of running a business, you know, entail. And I'm the more, I would say, um, anxious person. Joe's very, very laid back, and, and I was the one paying the bills. So it did put a little tension between us, but it also taught us reliance. It taught us trust, and um, we we did. We we trusted, and um, we we got through those mm -hmm. times. And we had a lot of Debbie Downers, mm -hmm. but during those times, we didn't let us get mm -hmm. us down because yeah. we we were in the Word, we were going to church, and um, and I do believe yeah. that He was our strength yeah. there. What one example of a God moment is there was a time in life where we had a huge tax bill to pay. It was due at the end of the year, and we just a couple days left, and we knew we weren't gonna make it. We were just looking at the, whatever the penalties and interest and all of that, and about two days before that, I got a call from a client. He said, Joe, I've got a new job for you. Hey, well, that's great, because we're always looking for new work. He said, but my books, my accountant told me, uh, I'm better off if I get the cost of your work done on my, you know, this year's books. And he paid that bill with two days left in full. And I just told him what was going to work. He paid the bill and off we run. Now, if that's not a God moment when you're facing adversity like that, I, I don't know what it is. But yeah, I just want to but share that with everybody. It was huge. And one thing I have to share with you, because like I said, I was the one more high anxiety. And Joe was the patient one. So during these stressful times, he always gave me the serious side, but then he always lightened it. And he would say, Nichelle, the Lord has always provided. And he says, where's your faith? you got to trust. But he always says, on the lighter side, it's because I have this architect seal, and I have a new job, and I got the love of Jesus in my pretty brown eyes. <laughs> so he always lightened the load for me, and he was always my rock. But really, the Lord was our rock, yeah, and he absolutely. always saw us through. Um, and one, one little side note that I have to, have to say that the Lord has always given Joe and I a generous, generous heart. And we lived paycheck to paycheck pay for years and years, but he laid on our heart to give generously. Family members that needed, friends that needed, and Joe and I always did. And we never ever thought about if we had the money, if the money was coming, but the joy that we got from giving was just, just amazing. And I'm so grateful that he gave us that heart to give. And, and those were pretty special times, I think, they in our are. marriage. And one of the darker moments I'm going to get to is, is uh, I'm going to try to make, a, in the interest of time, I'm going to make a very long, sad story short. But I was doing a lot of work for real estate developers. Man, I was seeing how they were building these buildings and getting this rental income and all of that. 
And I thought I was smart enough to do that. I had an architect, I, was, I had to draw my own plans and that, and I had convinced Shelly, hey, we ought to build some buildings. You know, that, that's that thing, a little extra, you know. So we did. We built one that I was in, and we built another one. They were small rental spaces. But it did not take too many years to find out that we did not enjoy being landlords. You know, the building started getting eight vacancies. Uh, they were short. You know, we, the income uh, rentals dropped and that. So all of a sudden, you know, to make up the shortfall, we became the lawn crew. We became the cleaning crew and literally became slaves to these buildings. Uh, and, and it went on and on, you know, through the late 90s and early 2000, and then 2008 hit. The crash of the real estate and all of that, everything collapsed, and we had to sell the buildings. And we had to sell them short, which left us an immense amount of debt. And this is the point where you hear about, we're not going to make it, we're going to lose our house, you know, and again, God stepped in. You know, we didn't know where we were going, we didn't know what to do, we were up over our earlobes. But through his direction, through guiding us with banks, lending institutions, and that, we were able to consolidate all of this debt into a repayment schedule that we could actually handle. And I'm telling you, I, you know, to this day, that, that happened, you know, right about that time. And that, but even though it was a, a real, real bite for us, we're so grateful that he stepped in because we're still living a, a good life today and didn't have to suffer some of the consequences that a lot of people did mm -hmm. during that time we're handling real estate. That was over several years. And, and during those dark years, though, Joe and I, um, you know, fell out of, um, mm -hmm. of our walk with, with the Lord. You know, we weren't attending church. I actually called, called us bunny hoppers. Yeah. We, would, we weren't going to church with his mom anymore, but we would, we would go here for a little bit. We would go there for a little bit. We would go over here for a little bit. And we were not in the Word. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you know, we were just uh, kind of floating through life, trying yeah. to keep our head above water um, in all of these buildings, mm -hmm. and um, it wasn't good. No, and to continue that time, I mean, we were worn out uh, after the buildings, and I had run my business for about 27 years, and I just, you know, was tired of doing that, you know, running it, making checks, tax payments, uh, chasing money, and all that. I finally decided you know what, I've had enough. I think we're going to dissolve our company, and I'm just going to go back and work. But that didn't solve the two-is-one problem because I went back to work for a construction company an hour from my house, so it was an hour there, an hour back, and I just got right back into the work-a-day world all the time, spent an enormous amount of time from morning to night, left early, came home late, right in the grind, and doing you know something that I enjoyed doing, but it didn't help our relationship out because that two-and-two-if, functioning as one was just not there in that time and I worked there for five years. We had we had our own agenda. I had one child married, um, another one in college, and he did his work and I took a part-time job and we were separated. We were no more the yin and the yang that we had always been and our marriage was suffering um, in a big way. Um, and not only was our marriage suffering, but then it spread like a cancer into our children. So we, we were having trouble with relationships with our children and, and in-laws. And so it was a really, really dark time. Not only did I feel our marriage was falling apart, our finances were falling apart, but my family's falling apart. And that is when we started here at the Ridge 
and um, we started going to church here and um, we knew we needed to be rescued and I signed up did a women's Bible study and um, I remember doing spiritual warfare was very appropriate at the time and I did some of those I did a Beth Moore um, a study and I would come home and share with Joe I'm so grateful for her and that is you Lynn I met Lynn at one of our Bible studies and she is such a God moment she asked if she could mentor me you know so not growing up in a church not really knowing the Bible but just going through with my 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 children and knowing all the little kids stories and things um, she came to my house all the time and we studied Romans and Peter and James and she also shared, shared you know what it is to live a Christian life and I appreciate her and I'm so grateful for her intervening in my life and in our life she invited us to go to a couple's Bible study and this is what we needed we needed to get back to the Lord we needed to get back into the word and um, that's when we that's became right. we just became to be the yin and the yeah, yang again yeah, right. you know it rebooted ourselves yeah. so I am just I'm, I'm so grateful grateful for the Lord giving me Lynn kind of fast forwarding now to the to the current time you know about a year year and a half ago I left Duke and I finally had enough of that it was testing our marriage and I just didn't like the way the company was going it was a good time for me to exit so I just decided I'm not going to start another company I just came back to the house and started to let God take control and freelance. Waited, you know, with client, you know, had a lot of clients and uh, being back, just working out of my house, put us back together, you know, uh, more than we had before. So it kind of rekindled things at home uh, because I was able to stay there and schedule that. I'd be at home all day maybe sometimes and schedule that. But it really, really started to put us back into that two as one relationship. And not only us getting back together, but you know, our relationships with our children were mending and our in-laws were mending. And um, so it was, um, it's been a wonderful time what he's doing in our life now. Joe and I are probably growing more spiritual than we have ever in our marriage. And um, we're just having a wonderful time being married again. And um, so we're engaging in Bible study, which we love. And, and the women that I do Bible study with, I just love dearly. They're so precious to me. And I'm sure Joe feels that same about the men that he <laughs> does Bible yeah. study with. And, um, and I'm also getting involved in missions. Um, I'm a part of Operational Christmas Child. Um, I love children, so this is a wonderful mission really dear to my heart and I bring him along and he loves to help yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and uh, also more recently we got in uh, involved in uh, the reconstruction of Sarah's house uh, and that's a time where I could use my architectural tools and acquaintances in the building industry to help uh, this and I, I know that it changed Sarah to be a part of it as I told Roger at the open house you know it was just a great ministry that and the project this church undertook because I saw it firsthand how it but I told Roger I don't think the blessing really matched what it did for us you know just to be a part a of that transition so, so 
<laughs> we, we feel like maybe we're being drawn into mission work now and that, you know, where that'll lead, only, only God will know. But I can tell you in closing that, you know, at this time, we're about as strong spiritually as we've ever been. And, you know, we're now really allowing the Lord, you know, to lead our lives more than any time in our married life. So a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And that's, we feel, has been our marriage. And we are stronger than ever um, having that. And, and we get a lot accomplished when we become one. So that um, we're grateful, very, very grateful. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. But we are live streaming uh, the testimonies. Today is uh, what we call Lay People's Day. It's once a year, usually the end of January, early February. We have testimonies from folks in our church, and today is that day. I don't know that we've ever, ever done it before on Valentine's Day, but today, a little bit different, we're going to have three couples come up and share. And by the way, if you weren't here in the middle service, which most of you probably weren't, I encourage you to go home and to watch that as well. So Joe and Shelley Dale shared and Rodney Lobinger shared. And we also heard from Bob Caldwell at the end of the service. He shared just a little bit as well. And so hopefully you can, you can pick that up. I appreciate the willingness of those who are going to come. Uh, we're going to start here in just a minute with Chris and Tammy. So if you guys want to go ahead and make your way up. I probably didn't tell you you guys were first, did I? I didn't. All right. <laughs> Sometimes it's better not to know those things. And so uh, when they're done, Mark and Sherry's going to come. Appreciate them. And then Junior and Vicki. So again, we appreciate the willingness of everyone to share. And uh, I just want to just take a moment and pray for these three couples as they share today. Father, thank you for the privilege of worship. Just thank you for the safety. And Lord, I pray for everyone who's traveling over the next couple of days around here that you just put angels of protection about them. And I just thank you for the privilege of being able to worship. I pray for these who are sharing this morning, that, Lord, you just allow your spirit to flow through them. And I just pray that they would just minister life as they just share their stories. And so we just put them in your hands, and we welcome your spirit to remain among us today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Appreciate you guys volunteering to go first. <laughs> Um, okay, so, so for those of you who don't know me, I'm Tammy, this is my husband Chris, and I want to thank Brother Roger for giving us this opportunity, not that it's something we want to do because it's definitely out of our box to get up here and talk, mm -hmm. but how can we not share what God's done just singing those worship songs? I've just been reminded of how much God has done in my life um, since um, he's come into my life and uh, given me a new spirit and a new heart, which he promises he will do to anyone who calls upon him. Um, all right. So I think it's, it's important to give our testimony. It says in Revelations 12:11 that we overcome the enemy through the blood of the Lamb and through the word of our testimony. And I think it's so important that we do take the opportunity um, to, sh to share with people around us, maybe that we work with or um, just here at church, um, what he's done for us, because it does encourage others. I've been encouraged as I've heard other people's given their testimony, things that they've been through, whether it be addiction um, or just anything they're struggling, uh, just testifying how God's helped them. 
and um, my husband has been coming to this church since 2014. That's uh, when we started seeing each other, and um, it was kind of a prerequisite for me dating him to see if he's really sincere in his faith. And he, he you know, had been going to church previously before, but um, he started coming here, was baptized in 2015, and we were married in November of 2015. Uh, I began going to this church when it was the little brick building down the road. I was saved at the age of 17 in 1991, and um, God just kind of revealed that I, I needed him. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come and convict us of sin, number one, that we are all sinners, and that he would um, be our, our helper. And I knew that I had sin in my life. I needed to change I uh, was drinking, I dropped out of school, pretty much hanging around the wrong crowd. I was doing things that just um, were not okay in God's eyes, and a lot of things are not okay in God's eyes. And um, so I asked him to come into my life. If he was really real, I did have doubts. God, are you really real? You know, show yourself to me and get ready because he will. If you're really honest and humble before him, he will show you that he's real and I did automatically had so many convictions. I remember going to my parents and just confessing all the things I've done. I've smoked in your car. I wasn't supposed to. I was drinking and driving. I mean, I just had to spill my guts to them because the conviction was so heavy. And I wanted to make things right with people. I wanted to make things right with him. Um, And so uh, I went to, I didn't know anything about churches really, my parents didn't go to church, so I just tried, wanted to find a church close to home, and it was a little brick building down the road, and um, uh, there are a few people that are s- still here that were there, my uh, youth minister was Tom Langhorse, and he's still here, faithfully serving the youth, still today, he's in there every Wednesday night praying for them, and you know, the, and I know we have Katie and John McCurdy that are there now, and it, I, I just encourage you guys, if you are a part of this church, to plug in to whatever your gifts are because it changed my life forever. Uh, the prayers, the influence of them. Um, Emma Bliss, who has gone on to be with the Lord now, was my youth minister as well. She's, they both have just shaped my life in amazing ways. Um, uh, I remember Bill Wiedenhop. Um, his son was involved in a car accident. He was young and... Uh, still living, but had some some major issues, and I just remember sitting, listening to him come up and sing a song uh, by a group called For Him. It was why, called Why. Um, just watching him sing, I knew he loved the Lord, and even though this has happened to his son, he still faithfully served the Lord and wanted wanted to just share with us that we all struggle as human beings, even when we don't know why. And so that. It made an impact on me. Ralph McNabb, I would just remember watching him, seeing just their witness and testimony. It really encouraged me growing up. Ed and Ellen Young, um, Roy Rogers, Char Spreckelmeyer, Gene Coppage, they've just been, you know, when you think about pillars of faith, sometimes you think of, you know, C.S. Lewis or Billy Graham or maybe the Old Testament prophets, how they've impacted people's faith. These are the people who have impacted my faith. They've been like a pillar of faith to me. So never underestimate your influence in someone's life here at church. It's so important for us to come together and to share our gifts and our talents and our abilities just to listen 
to one another as a body of Christ is so important because they forever shaped my life. All right, so um, Ezekiel 36, 26 says that God will give us a new heart and place his spirit within us, and that's um, the miracle of being born again. And so he began to do that in my life at the age of 17, and I was dating Chris at the time. And um, like I said, I was not living a life. I was drinking, smoking, not, um, you know, when God saved me, that's where he saved me out of. But I knew with the conviction my life had to change. So I told Chris I was going to stop drinking and that we needed to, you know, we were intimate too and we should not have been. And I knew I had to get away from that and just live a life that pleased God. And he wasn't ready to quit drinking at the time. So I I broke up with him and just started seeking the Lord um, on my own and letting the Lord fill me with love. Um, Chris and I just kind of parted way. We both ended up marrying other people. and my first marriage did, did end in divorce. His marriage ended in divorce as well. And um, I had a few relationships in between there that were really not healthy at all. You know, being a Christian doesn't mean you're always going to make the right choices. And when my heart was broken from my first marriage, I really made some bad choices. I, you know, the enemy will come in and try, try to deceive you and lie to you. And, and he really confused me at that time when your heart's broke. Um, it's so easy. It's really important to stay in the Word of God, and I didn't. I was so hurt, I kind of got away from the Word of God. I thought, well, maybe I can't discern what God wants me to do, because I really thought this is what God wanted me to do. And so the enemy really tried to get me away from that. Like, you can't understand God's Word. How can you discern it? And so that was his first deception of really getting me away from truth, which led into relationships that weren't right and good. Um. But, you know, when the Holy Spirit is inside you, you can only go so long living in sin. And that's kind of how, you know, it just broke me. It was like, I've got to get my life right with God. Nothing is going to work in my life. Nothing's going to turn out right if I, if I don't turn back to him and start living for him. And so um, I did. I began raising my two children uh, pretty much on my own. And the Lord opened up doors of opportunity for me to provide for them. And he was so faithful to do that. And so I just started uh, bringing, you know, bringing them to church, um, trying to raise them the best I can to love the Lord and to know what truth is, despite my failures in the past, and teaching them what God's grace really is. And, and so then Chris and I started seeing each other again. And you want to tell them how it happened? I know. Mm. No? <laughs> no? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, it had been 23 years since our breakup, and um, I, it's crazy because we've lived in the same area, but we've never, we never ran into each other. We met once at a, a mutual friend's funeral. Uh, we didn't even, I don't remember talking to him. I may have said hi, I don't know, but we were just living our own lives at that time, and uh, so I went in, uh, routine bank visit, and um, I go in, I was getting into my safe deposit box, and I'm signing my name, and the teller behind um, is watching me I guess sign my name and she's she saw my name and she's like do you know Chris Brand and I'm like yeah and she said I'm his daughter and I'm like oh really and um, she said he talks about you all the time he has just always loved you like she is I was like oh really and um, you know I'm which yeah it was a little flattering but none of that caught me off guard until she said 
you know, he's been going to church, and he's, he's been really trying to stop drinking. And I'm like, oh, really? He's going to church, huh? And, you know, part of me is scared to death. I'm like, I don't want to get back into another relationship that's not, not right. You know, I, you know this, whoever I get into a relationship with has to know, they have to be in love with the Lord. They got to want to follow his ways. And, but I thought, well, it ain't going to hurt to share my number with them. So he ended up calling me, and that's kind of how we started going back um, together, seeing each other, which is really a miracle because, um, you know, he, did, he has really loved me a lot, and he's very thankful for our relationship. But it did take a while for me to begin able to trust and to see if he is sincere in his faith, and, which he was. And I made him go through one of those books, you know, where you see if you're compatible with each other, and, and it's like, I don't know, 150 pages long. And yeah, before I would even say yes to him asking me to marry him. And so he's, he was great. <laughs> I don't know if he just gave me the answers I, I wanted, <laughs> yeah, or not, but yeah, he's very patient. And so, um, you know, we weren't able to have children of our own, we, and we both have children from previous marriages, and so we do have the blended family, which had its own challenges, um, but you know, no matter what season of life you're in, it, it's so humbling as a Christian, because we, we always have to be on our knees in prayer, you know, we had our struggles and challenges with the blended family and with just different coming up with different values is hard but it you know God really knows what he's doing even though he puts two people together who are totally different our you know our brains are wired different but it's so that we can sacrificially learn to love another human being and you know marriage is a beautiful it's it's just a beautiful thing and I'm so blessed to be able to experience that and so we couldn't have our own children but I've always wanted to adopt and we did start um, going into the, the foster uh, family. We took um, the training for that to, to help other ki- kids. And our plan was to, mar- or to adopt, to marry, to adopt um, you know, an older child. Um, but God gave us two little ones, like nine months and two and a half years old. And so it was just, it's God's will, though. And we're, we're very excited to be able to invite them into our home. We just adopted them in December of 20. 15 and or 20 no 19 2019 we've had them for a long time like when you get into the foster care system you never know what you're going to have or how long you're going to have them but it's important to be able um to be there for those kids you know we talk a lot about you know no abortion don't abort your kids but what are we going to do with the kids who are here you know those those parents who weren't able to raise them or ended up getting addicted those kids are still out there they need someone to be there for them, and, you know, we had, we don't have a lot of room in our home, but we had a lot of room in our heart, and so we took them in, and we look forward to raising them and letting them be a part of our life, and then more importantly, to let them know who God is and that God does love them, and he'll always be a forever father to them, no matter what they experience in life. Anything else here? You covered it all, honey. I, co- I, I covered it all. You did a good job. But, yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, I guess that's about it. We thank God for just the blessing of our marriage. Thank you guys for listening. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today in a warm place with friends and um, just grateful to um, 
Just have the freedom to gather in the name of Jesus. This morning I want to share a testimony of how the Lord has been working in my life very recently, bringing me up out of a pit. So if any of you have ever been in a bad place like that, you know how wonderful it is when you get out. So how did I get in such place? Well, it was over a two-year time frame that I've had a loved one that's been shooting fiery darts at me through her words. Why did I stay in this pit so long? I knew I had the shield of faith to quench these flaming missiles, but it was with my own actions, reactions, and bad attitudes that I had opened doors and I let things in like anger and offense, resentment, and self-pity. That one was real big, self-pity. And if any of you have ever given the enemy uh, an inroad, a foothold, you know, sometimes that can turn into a stronghold, like really quickly. The character of Satan is he's sly and he's scheming. He enjoys when there's strife. He takes delight in division especially when it's in our families and in the church. He is one that can patiently weave webs and set traps to snare us. Now, on to good news. (laughs) How did the Father bring me up and out? Well, I cried out to God. And I want to read, I'll be reading from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. Now, I'll have to let you know, it wasn't like a, a sweet cry, like, Holy Spirit, help me, show me the way to deal with my challenging loved one. It was really nothing at all like that. It was um, more like a, um, a raising my fist, like, I am sick and tired of this. I don't deserve to be treated like this. God, when are you going to make this stop? I can't take any more. So that was my heartfelt cry. Then, right after that prayer... My dear friends circled up, and they prayed over me. This brought about a supernatural shift in me. Psalm 40, verse 2 says, He drew me up out of a horrible pit, and out of that miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock. 
through those prayers, there was like um, an undergirding of just love and um, speaking the truth in love, and it it anchored me. It gave me stability. So my friends were the ones kind of pulling me out there and helping me to realize I am on the rock. I am standing on the solid rock of Jesus again, and I'm so grateful for them. Very soon after my prayer, the Holy Spirit led me to get a mentor. The next part of the verse says, um, he put me on the rock, studying my steps, and establishing my goings. I knew that I needed accountability, otherwise I would probably just slip back into my old ways and my bad attitudes. So the Lord connected me with a mentor, a lady from this church. She is wise, she's in the word, and she is strong in the Lord. Next, I repented for my sins. And I want to share with you a, um, a verse from Acts. Chapter 3, verse 19. So now, repent, change your mind, and change your purpose. Turn around, return to God, then your sins will be wiped out, and you will have times of refreshing and recovering from the effects of the heat. You will have a reviving with fresh air, which comes from the presence of the Lord. Well, friends, I have to tell you, that was a huge turning point, just confessing my part in the mess and doing what the Word said. And then I did have a reviving and refreshing and redirection, and um, I'm so grateful that he, he, is, he is here for me. Back to Psalms 40. (laughs) Then after that, the Holy Spirit began to give me recall of a teaching that I had on pruning. You know that cutting away that Jesus talks about in John 15? I was reading over some notes I had, and it says mature pruning is about self, our values, our worth, our purpose, our identity. Now, that pruning can prepare us for more significant roles. 
helping us to handle more extensive responsibilities. And can you believe this? To have godly responses to tests in our lives. That was in my notes from many years ago. And I just felt like that one, all of them, but that one especially um, opened my eyes. The Holy Spirit is our helper, here to help us see beyond our pain of challenging situations and instead to choose to pass our test of faith as he empowers us. So, when does all this pruning stop? Remember I told you I was sick and tired of the way I was being treated. Well, it stops when God is finished with us. The good news is pruning brings abundance, it brings freedom, it brings glory. Proverbs 2.6 says, Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. Every word that he speaks is full of revelation, and it becomes a fountain of understanding within us. Amen. After going through all of these things, crying out to God, having people pray over me, starting to walk with my mentor, confessing my sins, reading up on pruning. I just, I, I had a very, a, a suddenly, I felt like I had an awakening. My loved one's challenging behavior towards me is the very tool that God is using to prune me for his purposes. Imagine that, him using someone in your family that you love to prune you. I was speechless when I had this revelation, and then I smiled because I was thinking what the enemy meant for evil, God is using for good to turn things around because it's in revelation that he is able to bring transformation. And so now, if you can relate to um, any of my story, I just want to um, invite you to declare and have a through prayer, this is Psalm 66, and it says, Lord, we are passing through this fire to be refined like silver. You are pruning us, and you're bringing us out better than we were before for your glory. Amen. Hello, I'm the other half of my sweet Valentine for 45 years, my, one of my, best friend, my best friend. The Lord's my best friend, and that's my next best friend. 
but uh, I'm, my title, my, I'm a jump around here a lot, so people got to know me. I'm kind of, I talk a lot, but when I'm in a crowd, I'm quiet. Uh, my title, my, uh, is Friend, Prayer, and Faith. There's an old song out there called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, Take It to the Lord in Prayer. Wow, what a friend we have in Jesus. Friend, and then he take it to the Lord in prayer. That's what it's all about. Friend, prayer, and faith. In John 15, I'm going to talk to the first one about friend. There's, there's a lot of things in a, in, a, in, a, in a word of God that talks about friends, prayer, and faith. But this, these just stuck out on me here. So bear with me here a minute. John 15, 14 and 15. For friend, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know that, that what the master is doing. But I call you friend, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. So I thank the Lord for him being my best friend. And I'll tell you, I, um, I have my ups and downs like everybody else does. And, uh, but through the mountaintops and the valley, he's there all the time. The next one is on prayer, on Matthew 21, 21. Let's see. Bear with me here. Matthew 21, 21, 20, 21, 22. And Jesus said, I mean, Jesus answered and said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you shall not only do what was done in the fig tree, but even if you say to the mountain, be taken up and cast out into the sea, it shall happen. And all things that you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Again there, there's that thing called friend, prayer, and faith. And don't have doubt in what you pray for and believe. And in that belief comes faith. The next one is Romans 10. Romans 10, 17. It says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So I just want to tell you, ask, I'm going to want to tell you a little something about us, Sherry and I. We have been struggling with, we've got two boys named Matthew and Jacob. A lot, of, a lot of people know our story with Matt and Jacob. Matt and Jacob's been on drugs for over 20 years, both of them. They, they were raised in a Christian home. But, you know, and there's some kids that I know who, who, who's not been in a Christian home, but, but they're... They're, they're, they don't do drugs or alcohol. You know, I mean, you know, I have struggled with this and, and my struggles with this. You know, how does it make sense? But through this, God gave us the mountaintops and the valleys. But he's there, and we never gave up on him. We never gave up on him. We love him because they're our children. If you have kids out there, grandkids, your kids are struggling, 
just stay with them and through all this. We didn't, like I said, we've been doing this for over 20 years. Matt's been clean for nine, 11 years now. He married a woman. They got a ministry up in Barnhart, Missouri. I can't think of the name of what is the name of it? Finding Grace Ministries. And um, through this, they take in homeless people, and they've been doing this probably five years now, and they're really blessed. And, and you know, Matt's been clean 11 years, and I look back, and you know, the, the, the 20 years before, I mean, the 20 years that Matt was doing, doing his drugs and looking back now, I, I mean, I, I believed in him, and I believe in Jacob, and I knew God had plans for them. But as a parent or a grandparent, you have to stick with your kids in, in prayer and in faith and belief, and don't give up on that belief. Even there's a lot of times where, oh boy, here we go again. But, you know, God's there. Like I said, on the mountaintops and the valleys. You just got to stick with them and you love them. No matter what they do, you love them. And like I said, Matt's been, uh, he's, he's uh, took a home, him and his wife took a homeless kid in that was on the streets. They adopted him a year and a half ago. He's 18 years old and he's a brain. I mean, he's a whiz, <laughs> you know, but, you know, and for for uh, 14 years, Matt, we had one grandchild named Haley. For 14 years, and we just, and she was our, our blessing upon blessing God gave us. And we were, and we just, whatever she wanted, I would buy for her as a grandparent. And I just spoiled her. But, you know, through this, she's in college now. This is her first year of college. She's in Texas now. She got all these scholarships, you know. It's amazing what God does, does for what you, you know, if you just stick with them, you know, and ask for prayer for your grandkids and your children. And through this, like I said, Haley's got, Haley was 14, 14 years old when, before, now I kept asking God, can you give us more grandchildren, grandchildren, Lord? And now we've got six. And we're just praise the Lord, and, and these are miracle kids. And uh, we, we, just, we celebrated my birthday yesterday with Jacob's two kids, they're uh, six and four. And um, they're terrors, like Dennis the Menace, but, um, they're, but they're blessings, and we love them, and they spent the night with us, and we just, we just thank you, Jesus, for every time they come and they stay with us. And um, Jacob is still struggling with, with drugs, but about three months ago, uh, again, you know, it's been over 20 years, uh, Jacob turned his life around and got clean. And uh, he's been he's been doing really great, and uh, he's uh, going to church now. He's going to uh, CR. He's involved, and uh, again, you know, we have hopes that the, you know, and we believe that the Lord's going to turn his life around. And I was talking to Jacob the other day, and I said, Jay, I said, how come, um, you know, how come it took you so long to turn your life around? He goes, Dad. He says, it takes a person longer than some people. He says, all my friends are dead. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be dead, but I'm here. And I said, you know why you're here, Jacob? I said, because people, we ask to pray for you. I don't care where you're at, you know. When Sherry, was, Sherry went on mission field to Africa a few, a few years back, and people over there were praying for Jacob and Matt, you know. And, 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 people, and we were to Germany, and people over there were praying for And even here, you know, if you don't ask for prayer, I mean, you know, there's a lot of pride in me too still 
But you know, you have to ask if you don't want to receive. And that's what prayer is all about. And have faith and believe. And ask for, ask for good friends like Gary Presley Jr., Ronnie Sturgeon, Keith Kovis Roger, my wife, their family, and a lot of other people that are good, good close friends of ours. But if, but if you don't ask, you won't receive. And we're seeing the abundance of what God has given us over the last 25 years through our lives. Like I said, you know, you, you, um, you're, you have your mountaintops and you have your valleys. Christ is there in both the valleys and the mountaintops. But, but that comes with peace when you, have, when you believe in God and, and you have faith and believe and you have friends. And all this together, there's a place in a little town in Leslie, Missouri. Sherry and I have a little farm up in Leslie. Good friend of mine named Ronnie Sturgeon and a couple of guys, CMA um, Motorcycle Christian Group, got this little coffee, this little coffee shop. Gary came to Ronnie and said, hey, Gary, hey, Ronnie, you want this little place here? It's, it's called the old Leslie Baptist Church. Well, the little, there's a little house that they put stuff in, like a storing unit. Well, Ronnie turned, we turned that thing, not, not us, Jesus turned that place into a coffee shop where if you want a free coffee or whatever, there's prayer and salvation. And boy, what a place to go and get blessed. I go up there three times a week, we pray with Ronnie and Jesus. When Ronnie prays, we hold hands and close our eyes and pray. Ronnie says, Mark, there's three of us here, you, me, and Jesus, Holy Spirit. I said, absolutely, Ronnie, I believe in that. I believe in prayer, I believe in faith, and I, and I believe that God is, is in that place, you know. The other day I was up there, and uh, I stopped in for about 15 minutes. Just went up there for, for a fast prayer with Ronnie. Cold, 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 just snowed that morning. And uh, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Ronnie says, hey, Mark, um, you're the first one that came through that door today. I said, well, I can understand that, Ronnie, but it's snowing cold out there. And uh, I was there five minutes, and bingo, the door's open, and this guy walks in. <laughs> I said, holy cow, Ronnie. The guy goes, hey, you got free coats? And Ronnie goes, absolutely. Mark, will you stay here and watch the shop? I go and get him a coat? I go, yeah, go ahead, Ronnie. So I went there, scraped the sidewalks, and Ronnie come back, and Ronnie was in there, and I looked through the window, and there's Ronnie, plan of salvation, you know? And I walked in, and Ronnie goes, he saved Mark. I said, "Well, yeah," and I said, "There's a good place to come, Ron." And you know, and, and but God's in that, you know. He, you know, He's just all over, you know. But again, um, this is what this is through the Bible. Living under God's grace is not a license; it's a life of love and service. So we are to serve one another with love. So, in closing, I just want to thank you for letting me talk and keep some prayer. Thank you. I've had my marching orders now. <laughs> I don't know why Roger let us come up here last. I guess he knows because we'll probably take till new, uh, till about 1230 or 1 or something like that. But um, 
When he asked us to come and speak today, I thought, boy, this is unique. This is Valentine's Day. That's something special. Well, I met my Valentine. We've been this April, in a couple, in a couple more months, we've been married for 54 years. And that's, <laughs> and all, all of that goes, honor goes to God because it's, it's only him. But uh, I can remember the very first time that I saw her. And I remember uh, when I really say I saw her, I knew her, but I didn't really see her until this one day. And I can describe exactly what she was wearing and where she was. And I knew then, even though I was probably only 14 or 15 years old, I knew then that, yep, that's the one. But it didn't happen immediately. It took a while. Well, fortunately, we both went to the same church. And so that's really is where I met her, was at, at, our, at our church. But um, I think one year we had Bible school. Well, at that time, I was too old for Bible school. I already was about 16 years old. But she was one of the teachers. And so I made it my um, job to be sure that I was in that class. And so I wasn't a participant, but I was a onlooker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it took all week long before I got up the courage to ask her out. And I went up to her and I said, uh, w- would you like to go out and do something on a date? And she looked at me and she says, yeah. Boy, I was shocked. <laughs> But later I found out she did it because she felt sorry for me. I mean, I was a preacher's kid, and she was a, one of the jocks at school. Yeah, you know, she, me, right. yeah, she was one of the star basketball players, yeah. for goodness sakes. I didn't play sports. I, you know, I was working after school and everything. But um, now the amazing part of it is how we're even still married, or we got married, is on our very first date, as I was walking her back to the door, back up to the house, I threw up. I mean, I mean, can you imagine going out on your first date, walking your date? To the <laughs> that was embarrassing. But, but it's true, it happened. But anyway, we kept on dating, and then about four years later, I think we finally got married. But, you know, back then, it wasn't a big choice for us because we were both involved in church. But... At that time, we decided as, as a couple that we were going to do what it was said in Joshua 14. As far as our house was concerned, we were going to serve the Lord. And that was what we did from, you know, even during our, our courting years. Uh, our whole life back then was going to church and involved in youth groups and going out with kids from the church and doing things with them. So we wasn't drawn into a lot of the things that, uh, you know, a, a lot of the other kids were involved with. And so it was, it was much easier for us. But then um, later on, we, we decided that uh, after she, she graduated a year out of school before I did, so she had to wait for me for a year. And then after that year, then we waited a year before we got married. So even to that, uh, we were still quite young when we got married. 19. Yeah, 19. And I had just turned 19. Yep. 
Uh, the older woman. Yeah, she's the older <laughs> woman. I, I'm younger. But anyway, we got married. And uh, because of choices that we made earlier, it helped us through problems that were going to face us throughout these 54 years that we've been married. And so I'm going to let her share a little bit, and then I'll come back and close it out. Okay. Um, I was saved in a little Baptist church in Rennick, Missouri, when I was around 12 years old. His dad was a pastor and, and moved to the church, and that's where I met him. But um, after we got married, Junior and I had many many challenges in her life, starting with my grandmother who raised me, and I'm adopted by my grandparents, was objecting at our wedding. And yeah, in case you really wonder, she really did stand up in the church and object to us getting married during the service. That was devastating. It was hard <laughs> and embarrassing. And then we had two children, um, and our son was born with a bilateral cleft lip and a bilateral cleft palate. And um, this was one of the hardest things I had to deal with in my life. It was the most painful thing a parent can, maybe not the most painful, losing one would be worse, but it hurts to see your child not perfect. And he had many, many surgeries during his life. And um, uh, just with his ears, he had um, tubes put in his ears every year for 12 years. And then Junior lost his eyesight. We still had two children at home in high school. And um, it was hard. It was um, financially hard. It was just hard dealing with the situation. And then um, Junior had um, a colon reconnect surgery that went terribly wrong. The doctor messed it up. And he almost died from it. And he was in the hospital for a month. And then I had breast cancer back in 2014. And um, cancer is a scary word, but God was faithful and saw us through all that. And I can see now, looking back, how God was in each one of the issues and how he brought us closer together through it all. And if we had not been good Christian, godly, seeking people at the time, we would have failed. And it's only through God's grace that we sustained the love for each other and the, the love for God. And he drew us closer through all of it. So one of the scriptures that I used through my life and I would turn to whenever things would get hard is so it's Matthew 6. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the gentles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, not do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. And God has seen us through every one of these situations. You know, to, to think that when you become a Christian, 
that everything is going to run smoothly. And there are, um, if you just go out there and seek, you're going to find different churches. And you will hear that message that, boy, come come and, and to our church and, and uh, you do this and you do that. And you're going to have everything that you desire. Well, folks, I got a word for you. That's bunk. You know, the, uh, some of the hardest things that you have to go through is going to happen to you when you become a Christian. Because Satan is there. And he's out to kill and, de- and to steal and destroy. And he's going to use every tactic that he's got against you. And so that's where you need a good foundation. And you need a good, a good Bible-believing church. And you need good Bible-believing friends. You know, because you're, you can't stand on this all alone. You need help. And uh, there's, there's the best place to get that is number one, by going to God. Like Mark talked about going to prayer, having prayer, having a relationship, a personal relationship, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And as you have that, then that's going to you know, be your first thing to do is turn to him and seek him. You know, we talk about these valleys that we get in, but in the 23rd Psalm, it says in the valley, he restoreth our soul. And so, you know, there's a blessing in, in those areas because you can be there and because you know you're not alone. It doesn't matter how deep you get into a pit. God is there with you. And, and he will be there and he will minister to you and he will lift you up out of there and he'll bring you back up on a mountaintop. And you'll be on that mountaintop for a while and then all of a sudden something else happens and there you go again, sliding back downhill. But uh, thank goodness that there's, uh, he's down there to catch you. You're not going to be there by yourself. In each one of these situations that Vicky was made mention of, yeah, they were hard. We had no idea. Well, I remember when uh, Scott was born and the doctor come in. And uh, at that time, you, uh, you older folks remember, you wasn't allowed into the delivery room. You had to stay out, you know, in the waiting room. And I can remember going up to them big double doors and peeking through that crack to see if I could see anything going on. And I can remember when the doctor come out, the gloom that he had on his face. I thought, oh, dear goodness, something's happened to Vicky. And uh, I asked him, I said, well, did something happen to Vicky? And he says, no. And he cut, took me over and set me down, and he explained to me what had took place and what was wrong. Well, I had no idea what a bilateral cleft lip and a cleft palate was. It mean nothing to me. But anyway, um, we didn't see Scott for, I think, was it a couple days? Yeah. And I got to see her, got to see him before she did. And I remember going back to visit her. And when I got there, the, the nurses grabbed me and took me into the uh, closet. And I'm, boy, this is strange. <laughs> and so uh, she started putting this gown and mask on me. She says, now, if you ever tell anybody I did this, I won't, I'll deny it. And so she says, come in his room. And I went there and she says, now sit down. And what she did, she went out and got Scott and brought him to me. And I looked at him. And in the natural, it wasn't a pretty sight. But in my heart, I couldn't have had any more love for that little baby if he had been perfect. And anyway, I, I loved on him. And then I had to give him back. And then I think it was the next day. I think they finally took him in to Vicky. They didn't bring him to me till I asked for him. Yeah. 
And so we, you know, after that, I, I had a sister that was an RN. And so I was, she was taking care of our little girl. And so I was talking to her about it. And she explained it all to me, you know, what, what it was and everything. And so then the challenges began because Scott could never nurse. He had to be fed from a little cup. And you had to be careful because you could, he could strangle and choke to death. And so, you know, those challenges were there and it was tough. But God always had people around us to help us and to pray for us and to minister to us. And so we made it through. And then the, the um, matter of fact, it was 35 years ago this day that I lost my eyesight. And that was tough because here we had, she said we had two children and they were still both in school. But, you know, through all of that, God was there. And God, once again, had people from church there to, to help us and to see us through. Well, we had just taken on a home mortgage and had a car payment. And here I was losing my, my salary. And it would be six months even on disability before we would get a check. Well, we had no idea what we were going to do. And I'd even gone to the bank and told them, explained everything to them. And I said, I don't know how we're going to make these payments. And they said, don't worry about it. When it all catches up, come back and we'll take care of it. You know, we never missed one payment. God was there that whole time. And he's been there to this day for us. He's never forsaken us. He's never left us. And he's met every need that we've ever had. And I know that he will continue to do it. I don't care what happens to this country. I don't care what we have to go through between now and the rapture. It does not make any difference because I know we are holding the hand of a great and mighty God. And he will be there and he is there. And I, I just think of, of Bob and Joy as what they're going through with Hannah. And I know that they know that God is there every step of the way. And with Mark and Sherry and what they're dealing with, you know, we're all dealing with different problems. But the same God is there, and he's great, and he's mighty, and we will be come through this victorious. And so and then with the surgery, you know, I, I didn't even know about most of that even going on. But I thank God that we had years and years ago chosen to honor God and trust him. Because at that time, Vicki was not able to pray like she wanted to because she was worried and she was scared and she was disillusioned. But this church stepped up. And folks, I tell you, it's just every time that something happened, somebody called, somebody came by and we come through that. And God brought us through that and we are much stronger for that. You know, in James where it says to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Well, we didn't, sometimes you don't, See, seems so joyful. You know, it's hard to see joy in everything like that. But, you know, through it all, it's God has brought us through and we're much stronger for it. And now God is able to use us to, to minister to our kids and their families in this time. As struggles come along, they don't understand. You know, my son or my daughter will call and say, Dad, what is going to happen you know, this is happening, they're saying this, and they're saying that. And I said, the only thing that mom and dad can tell you is that God is there. Keep your eyes and your thoughts focused upon him, and he will see you through. 
You know, if we will, we know if you read Revelation, the, the last book of the Bible, we know that we are victorious and that we win. And we may have to go through some stuff, but he's there with us. We won't be going through it alone. And we never have. And he will always be there. And that's our encouragement to you. I don't know. There's problems, yes. I know we all have problems. They may not be the same type or as big as, but they're big to us as we're going through them. But God is there, and he'll not let you down. He will not forsake you, and he will meet every need that you have. Just put your faith and trust in him. And there's an old song that was, came out several years ago, and Vicki and I was going to sing it today, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't sang together for we, years. <laughs> we, we won't torture you with that. But it was an old song that talked about through it all. I learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I learned to trust in God. Through it all, we've learned to lean upon his word. And just keep your thoughts on that and learn to trust on him and in him. And he'll see you through. Thank you. You want to sing a verse? Do you remember the verse, the chorus? Okay, sing. <laughs> Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to do to depend upon His word. Okay, now you all can do what I did on our first date. Go throw up. Now, Junior, I got to ask you this one question: Did you get a kiss that night? No. No. Okay. Six months. All right. Appreciate everybody sharing. We appreciate you guys being here. And I know life, I think Job, I, I quote Job quite often in this when Job said, Man's days are short and full of trouble. And I think we all go through similar things. We all have unique things, but you know, through it all, God is there. And so hopefully you've been encouraged. I know each of us have stories to share, and God is so faithful. I want us to take just a minute, if we can stand together. And I'm going to ask David to come up here. And I see Bob back there, so I'm going to ask Bob to come up again. I, I wasn't going to have him closed, but I'm going to have him closed again today in just a minute. But I want to take just a minute. Maybe you're here today, or maybe you're watching by way of stream. And maybe you've just had a void in your life. You know there's something missing and God's kind of tugging on your heart today. Maybe for the first time in your life, today's the day that you would just acknowledge that Jesus died for you. Ask him to forgive you and to come into your life. And I believe he will honor that. There may be some folks here today who have already accepted Christ, but you've never been baptized. I believe that's the first step of obedience. And so if you need to make that decision, we want you to come. Or maybe you just need someone to pray with you or pray for you. So let's just take a minute as David plays. If you need to make a public decision or if you just want someone to pray with you, I just want you to come. So let's just take a moment. Would you build an altar right where you are and just ask God to fill you with his spirit and just to do a work in your life? 